Komunika. Moc. Akce. Welcome to the Community Organizing for All podcast. Brought to you by the Community Organizing for All project, COFA. Komunika. Transparenza. Collectivo. We aim to take stock of the community organizing landscapes across our respective national contexts with the aim of identifying what's working and what we can improve on when organizing with migrant communities. Our intention is not to be prescriptive. We will be sharing different understandings and experiences of community organizing and we invite listeners to take away what is relevant and useful for your practice and in your context. According to the latest ESTAT report, Italy is one of the most unequal countries in Europe. The increase in poverty, job insecurity, and the lack of policies that benefit communities are causing an increase in inequality, social insecurity, and the detachment of citizens from political participation. The condition of millions of people are at risk. In the absence of a cultural and political counteroffensive, of practices that listen to the needs of citizens and work on the construction of real and shared paths, we decided to discover what tools communities have to achieve common goals. With this podcast, we'll go on a little journey to discover one of these tools, community organizing, and its founder, Saul Alinsky. We will do this with different voices. Ours, that of the Gioli Cooperative, which deals with the theater of the oppressed, that of the urban planner, Alessandro Coppola, of the community organizer, Maria Saracetraro, and community development expert, Ennio Ripamonti. So let's start from Chicago in the 1920s and from the voice of Alessandro Coppola, who is Saul Alinsky. Alinsky has a profile and a personal history of exceptional interest linked above all to social research. So he is, first and foremost, a sociologist and a sociologist who practices sociology in the form in which it was practiced in the sociological school of Chicago. This had a very strong ethnographic dimension, or rather of qualitative research on urban communities, communities which were often ethnic, or let's say national communities, or even communities of a subcultural nature. In the Chicago school, there was a lot of analysis of, for example, cultural scenes, nightlife, or the lifestyle of certain marginal social groups, or obviously very large studies of individual neighborhoods that were at the same time characterized by the presence of a variety of national communities. So Alinsky can be defined to all intents and purposes as a sociologist, a social researcher who uses qualitative tools to construct surveys of the city. Alinsky took a very important step. He started to build tools for the activation of communities. At Gioli, we use the theater of the oppressed and the pedagogy of Paolo Freire as tools for collective empowerment. How does this step take place in Alinsky's approach? 
rapidamente realizza he quickly realizes that these same investigative tools could be instruments of empowerment for these populations that is they could build paths in which these populations could then go and reflect on their own social position in the city on their own position of reaction to the system of power and on the own capacity or ability to change it the same figure of the community organizer that Alinsky theorizes is a figure who has strong research and social research skills of investigation and yet must have very strong social skills, that is, of building a relationship with the communities on which he used to speak in the role of researcher carrying out his investigations. Alinsky has a very radical and conflicted view of participation in the cities. He poses the problem of how to organize people and social groups and communities in specific localities. So the neighborhoods that, how can I explain, naturally and spontaneously do not have a great ability to organize themselves and do not have a great power of influence on public decisions. Here lies its radical nature. Alinsky looks at participation as something that we say, under given conditions, is in the hands of the most influential social groups, the social groups that already have power and that already have a strong ability to influence decisions. And he poses the problem of how to imagine very articulated and very specific methodologies to instead redistribute this power and to build the paths at the local level that give a concrete possibility to those without a voice to develop one, to acquire power, to acquire the ability to influence. The community organizer supports the disadvantaged in their self-organization. Maria Sara Chetraro, how is community organizing put into practice? Involving those people who don't normally participate in civil life, who don't put themselves in contact with the institutions because they have a form of resistance or discouragement which, however, also hides anger. And it is precisely that anger that the community organizer must seek out in order to understand among the people she listens within a community, which are actually the most heartfelt themes on which the community wants to take action. He does it through the main practice, which is that of relational meetings, therefore one-on-one -on -one meetings in which it is not an interview dynamic, but precisely a sharing of personal stories, aimed precisely at looking for what motivates people or keeps them from acting and pull on this lever. To then move on to a phase of group meetings in which those who are identified as local leaders can in some way be trained and activated around those themes that are of interest to the community in order to build actions, a set of actions, therefore a path that also has a logic, to arouse a reaction in political or economic interlocutors, 
because then the two levers of power on which one works are only these, and then precisely bring those instances to a venue that can be a public assembly or a collective action to ensure that the interlocutor, whom we define as the target, can say yes or no. And also having the ability to formulate proposals in such a way that they are binding and leave no room to say anything, which prevents the interlocutor from giving a concrete answer. When we started the training, we were amazed to explore the snowflake leadership model, as it is called in community organizing. Because we took for granted those leadership models we are used to instead. The top-down one where there is one person in top who governs all the others, and in some way always exerts pressure on the people they are supposed to coordinate. Or a dispersed leadership, in which it is not clear who is making the decisions and who is coordinating everyone's work. The snowflake leadership model is certainly more difficult to build because it involves identifying leaders who are probably not perceived as such by the rest of the community. Perhaps some are already recognized leaders. For example, in Ardea, a person whom we have identified as a leader is a priest, who by nature has a leadership role because he is recognized by his community. But in our process, he has exercised his leadership by putting us in contact with many other people, mothers, teachers, making available the parish to hold our meetings. The leader in the community organizing is not a person who puts themselves forward, but who makes themselves available for others, who has the ability to listen, to collaborate, and above all, the ability to bring people together. So they represent a community, and at the same time bring people, so there's also an emphasis on turnout that's important. What happens if within the context in which we work, there are exclusive leaderships? Ennio Ripamonti of the Metodi organization tells us about his experience. There are projects with a very high level of public consensus. If you do a project aimed at children, there is no one who says, I'm against, and it's the same if you take care of the elderly. There are community social work projects which, on the other hand, have low levels of social legitimacy. The lowest ever are the programs aimed at the Roma. They have the lowest rate of social legitimation, so it is very conflictual because they are very divisible on an ethical level, on a political level and on a behavioural level. It is very difficult and therefore you find the maximum conflict even between the actors even those who are good, in inverted commas, who are on your side. It has happened to me in some projects, even within the parishes, where very strong conflicts arose, for example in the reception of refugees, asylum seekers, or from Muslim countries. To these they said, yes, but they must be Catholics. There are areas in which the community approach also means dealing with what one author calls anti-community. We talked about widespread leadership, exclusionary leadership, field research, participation. But in the end, who decides which issues to address and therefore the priorities of the community? 
From the point of view of these approaches, one of the central elements is what is called problem setting. That is, who decides what the problems are. For example, it happened to us years ago in a suburb of Milan, where there is a strong concentration of social housing. There was a program called Neighborhood Contract, which has a very community-organizing philosophy behind it, in theoretical terms where urban regeneration was based on the involvement of residents. But what did this mean? What were the limits of this? It has been done all over Europe, in some cases working with the residents right from the start, asking how do you want the square, which is one thing. Another thing entirely is to say, we have already designed the square. You can say what color the bench is. They are two completely different things, aren't they? So both, however, can be sold as citizens' involvement. So whoever designed this square established that a bowling green was needed for the elderly in 2008, as if the elderly in Milan play bowls as if they were in the 1950s. This bowling green has never been used as a bowling green, but has been used by North African kids to make a soccer field. So they used to play soccer in this little field. So the actual use wasn't that, but for a long time it was said that kids shouldn't play in the bowling green because that was the bowling green. This very simple example indicates that if you want to approach this dimension of community development, if you can, if you succeed, the central element is to start as soon as possible, and as soon as possible means anticipating all the design processes. And the crucial point is who establishes what the problems are, who establishes what the needs and desires are. And therefore, participatory planning needs to go to the source. And going to the source means using social research tools. And the crucial point is who establishes what the problems are, who establishes what the needs and desires are. And therefore, participatory planning needs to go to the source. And going to the source means using social research tools. Gioli thinks that the theater of the oppressed and Paolo Freire's critical pedagogy can help materialize these aspirations and also bring out the underground. In community organizing and community development, what are these methodologies? After having entered a context, which is already a big job, having built a relationship of trust, having made contact with people which leads me to define the issues with the people, a planning and participatory phase begins which involves both professionals and people who are active in a community. The models are very different. Sometimes a group of representatives is created. Sometimes we proceed loosely with subgroups of work. We identify themes. We try to plan together. We identify improvement actions. We submit them to scrutiny of consensus processes to understand what actions. And then we take action and physically do things that improve the life of the community. 
And therefore, we plan initiatives for children rather than for elderly people, rather than that square there, we decide to do it another way depending on the specific project. Within this canon, let's call it that, there is a lot, I would use a metaphor of a musical nature, there is a lot of free jazz. If the process is a process that starts from the identification of problems to the planning of actions to the implementation of actions, but the contexts guide us. Let's try to think about Italy today. There is a significant housing issue in our cities, which for some social groups is a real emergency. Alinsky, who is thinking about how to build forms of mobilization to give voice to those who have none, what would he have done? Community organizing today and following Alinsky's blueprint today means building with those who are suffering poor housing conditions most of all. People who are victims of this issue today often have very different social positions. Let's think specifically of the communities who have come from abroad. Then let's think of the students, think of young precarious workers, and try to build with these groups an ability to reflect on how that problem is a problem that you cannot solve individually. You cannot solve it by yourself alone. It is a problem that is experienced by different social groups. And therefore, we have to bring together different social groups and build their capacity to influence certain decisions. From this, we'll also necessarily derive a vision of what, more generally, the desirable city is and what are the values to which we can inspire a vision of the city. But the first aim is really to reflect on what the social needs of a certain group are with this social group, what the solutions can be, what the alliances can therefore be with other social groups that have this problem and also who are the opponents. So in this case, in the housing crisis, in the housing question, it would be part of Alinsky's method to determine who the opponents are in the urban system, who we need to challenge and also demand certain responses from them that are different from the current ones. An image to conclude. If you were to associate community organizing with an image, what would come to mind? Centipede. That's how I see it. To move, this body needs many movements, many people with these little legs. I see this coalition of energy that allows this thing to move with small steps, but with a synchronization of all these steps. This is how I see it. Allora, mi appello all'immagine musicale perché è un'immagine del popolo che grazie al comunicato organizer che non deve imboccare i termini alle persone 
Community organizing is a very incremental construction and a large construction site and very durable construction site. Knowing that when you start building, you don't know exactly what obstacles you will find and how things will turn out, but knowing that you need a method that immediately gives you a variety of possible answers. You don't know what the house will look like in the end because we can say this is very open to contingencies of all kinds and also to the effectiveness of your action and you know that you will have to build this construction site as cooperatively as possible. You will not be alone and success will depend on how much this building site will lead to the creation of very, very different rooms and environments. But a very important aspect in Alinsky is that they talk to each other. So I would say a durable building site done with a method, a method capable of learning from obstacles and mistakes and which leads to building an environment with many different environments. Brought to you by the Community Organizing for All Project, COFA. COFA is an Erasmus Plus funded transnational research and training initiative bringing together four partner organizations from Croatia, Italy, Slovenia, and the UK. We have more power together. Together, have more voice.